Now, making his way to the podcast studio all the way from Sacramento, California, he eats, sleeps, and breathes pro wrestling. He is the best self-proclaimed pro wrestling analyst in the world. Wrestling is still real to him, and he is here to keep good wrestling alive. He is the host of Snug Wrestling Podcast, the one, the only, Edgar Avila. Welcome or welcome back. My name is Edgar, your host of Snug Wrestling Podcast. Today on Snug Wrestling, episode 37, we're going to be talking about the events that went down on AEW Dynamite August 16th, leading up to their pay-per-view event, All In, on August 27th in London, England. But they're ribbing us, right? This is a rib. I can't believe half of the stuff that I saw on this episode of AEW Dynamite. It was unbearable, to say the least. And I hate to say it, but let's call it like it is. And let's just be honest, this show was not very good. As I was watching this, I couldn't help myself but to sound out a few tweets during the show, such as, what the hell am I watching? And this is a rib. And for those of you guys who don't follow me already, please do so at Snug Wrestling on all my social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook. But let's get into some news. Let's get into some gossip here because... Now that we have Wembley coming up, today more matches were announced on AEW Dynamite. However, before AEW Dynamite, there were some reports going on about the roster in AEW and how they were feeling about the event that's going to be taking place in London. So let's get into this news really quick. The Wembley is 11 days away. It's taking place August 27th, but this is probably the most random card I have ever seen for a pay-per-view, especially for a big pay-per-view event like the Wembley. The Wembley is record-setting. It sold over 80,000 tickets, which is unheard of for AEW. But these tickets were sold way before any of the matches were announced because barely today we were given in most of the matches that are be taking place if not all of the matches and some of the matches are out of the blue just random and we'll get into that more later on but i found this tad bit of information some people in the locker room are feeling frustrated with tony khan and this is according to ses coops or se scoops they state khan's leadership skills have been called into question over the bill to all in furthermore his handling of the locker room especially in in the wake of the recent CM Punk related backstage controversies has also led to some frustration among his employees. A lot are upset about Wembley. One source told SC Scoops, I'm just going to say SC Scoops, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm butchering it. With everything that's happened over the last year, it's becoming the one major issue. People want to know if they're going to London, what the card is going to be. It's a show everyone wants to be on. It's like our WrestleMania 3 or maybe our WrestleMania 1, but there isn't any urgency people are scared we aren't going to live up to this moment but after today after this episode of dynamite we have more matches that have been announced we have mjf versus adam cole samoa joe versus cm punk 
FTR versus the Young Bucks, Adam Cole and MJF versus Aussie Open, Darby Allen and Sting versus Swerve and AR Fox in a coffin match, a fatal four-way match for the AEW Women's World Championship. The Blackpool Combat Club are also going to be at the Wembley. They're going to be in a stadium stampede match, but the Blackpool Combat Club, they have three mystery partners that were not announced, and they're going to be facing the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, and the Lucha Bros. It was also announced that Jericho is going to be going up against Will Ospreay and the Golden Elite, which is Kota Ibushi, Hangman, and Kenny Omega are going to be facing the Bullet Club Gold and Takeshka. The article also states, while some members of the AEW locker room are supposedly frustrated with Tony Khan and the all-in planning, external factors may have informed his decision to wait until the last minute. The president has always been open about the fact this pay-per-view will take time to build. This is because the AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door events have proved that injuries can derail plans for big shows, which I'm sure they're referring to Daniel Bryanson here who broke his arm versus his opponent at Forbidden Door and Daniel Bryan would have most likely been on this card for the Wembley and caused a huge change in plans. But like I said before, some of these matches they're just so random and we'll get into this a little bit more as we go on. So let's get into this really quick a lot of people already pegged me for being a, a wwe guy and a aew hater which is far from the truth because i call what i like from both companies like i see it but i also call out the shit that i don't like and the shit that i don't like was a lot that i saw on this show on aew dynamite unfortunately so let's get started here because aew started off with orange cassidy versus wheeler yuda this is for the international championship orange cassidy Cassidy, he's been the champion for a really long time. He's like 40 and 0, something crazy like that. And he's facing Wheeler Yuta. To build up this match, they were showing clips of Rampage last week. There was a parking lot brawl between the best friends and the Blackpool Combat Club that Wheeler Yuta got involved in and attacked Orange Cassidy. There was also a video package on Twitter that I saw that explained the history with Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta was a part of the best friends when he first joined the company AEW and to tell you the truth I don't even remember that it's it was the most unmemorable thing in the world and I'm someone that's been watching AEW non-stop consecutively since the show started in 2018 or 19 whenever that was and in these four plus years that I've been watching AEW I've only missed a handful of shows but I truly don't remember Wheeler Yuta being a a part of the best friends or having anything to do with them the way that AEW was explaining in these video packages now a lot of people will say well Edgar that's just your fault you probably need to pay more attention and honestly I don't believe that I just really don't think that Wheeler Yuta was ever that important and I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way so their match they start off exchanging over a hundred forearms with the ones and twos and the fans they automatically 
start cheering for them. And right off the bat, this is where my hard criticism begins. Starting a wrestling match by exchanging 100 forearms, that's not impressive to me. These guys were not trying to have a wrestling match. These guys were trying to sell a grudge fight or a a hard-hitting fight. This was just two guys wailing on each other for no reason, but the crowd really liked it. Then they go out the ring. Orange Cassidy takes a pile driver outside on the ramp by Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta throws Orange Cassidy back in the ring, but then Orange Cassidy, he's okay right away, and he goes back on the offense on Wheeler Yuta. And even after all that, Orange Cassidy, he still wins this match, and there's an afterbirth. The best friends come out for the save. Then the Lucha Bros come out for the save and then by the time the lucha bros come out the baby faces have everything under control already they ran the blackpool combat club out the ring but then eddie kingston still comes out out of nowhere eddie kingston he's been out in japan doing his japan tour over there and he hasn't been on AEW tv in a really long time but he shows up randomly to this and he starts beating up on claudio and the blackpool combat club and then it was announced that eddie kingston challenged the Blackpool Combat Club to a stadium stampede match at the Wembley out of nowhere. So we're going to have a six on six at the Wembley just because. Oh, and by the way, the Blackpool Combat Club, they they only have three people, which is Claudio, Moxley, and Wheeler Yuta. And Eddie Kingston just said, all right, and whoever you guys want, whoever you guys want to bring, bring them to, and it's going to be all of us versus all of you guys. And just like that, we're going to have a 12-man stadium stampede match at the Wembley. So we're 11 days away from this big pay-per-view match and we have this big match that was announced literally a week and a half before and we don't even know who the other three are. We don't know who is all going to be in this match and honestly I don't even know why or how this is even happening. Like the best friends are with the Lucha Bros now and then Eddie Kingston he's involved there but then Pac or Pac he was also on TV but I think he's back home again injured after just coming back from injury not that long after that and this again is just a mess and we get another random match for the Wembley that was announced and the reason I call it random because like the first one just more and more people are getting added to this last minute with no explanation with no reason whatsoever and this time I'm talking about Bullet Club Gold so let's backtrack here a little bit Jim Ross is interviewing Kenny Omega Kenny Omega is talking about Don Callis and then Kenny Omega gets jumped by Jay White and Juice Robinson of the Bullet Club Gold. Why? I have no idea. The Bullet Club Gold are now working with Don Callis and Takeshka. Originally when all this first started everything was pointing towards Takeshka versus Kenny Omega. That would have been fine. Just have a singles match with those two. Takeshka can probably have a really good match with Kenny Omega. One on one at the Wembley, boom. But AEW involved Juice Robinson and Jay White to this. And now we're going to have a six man tag match the Bullet Club Gold and Takeshka versus Hangman, Kota Ibushi, and Kenny Omega. The only reason I can think of why they're doing this is because as of late, the Bullet Club Gold, they have made quite the name for themselves and placed themselves up there as one of the top tag teams in AEW. Tony Khan just said, I have to have these guys on my show. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to find a way. And he just stuck them on 
there however he could and just said fuck it go out there and attack Kenny Omega and you guys are going to London and we're going to have a six man tag and that's it so another random match that we're going to be watching at the Wembley and the random last minute match booking continues because we have Jericho and Don Callis Jericho was going to join Don Callis he actually went out there and said yes I'm going to join Don Callis even though Chris Jericho doesn't join factions Chris Jericho creates factions I'm still gonna join that was a big surprise to everyone including Don Callis but there was a picture in the ring that Don Callis did not reveal but Chris Jericho revealed it himself and it was a picture of Don Callis holding Chris Jericho's head and automatically the first thing I thought of was the Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho segments back in WWE from like when was it 2015 or whenever Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens were having their breakup so this was copy and paste booking Chris Jericho ended up not joining Don Callis because of that picture that Don Callis had in the ring Chris Jericho and Don Callis kind of get into it and Chris Jericho gets attacked by guess who Will Ospreay of all people why Will Ospreay? Will Ospreay hasn't been on TV since New Japan months ago, and he just shows up randomly to attack Chris Jericho 11 days before the Wembley, and then the match is set. Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay at the Wembley. And again, these are the most random matches ever, at least these three right here that were announced. The next one that was announced was Sting and Darby versus AR Fox and Swerve. Now this one, I can't really say the same thing about it being random like the other matches that have been announced on this show so far because at least Darby Allen he has some history with AR Fox that has been explained very clearly and very well in AEW TV Darby has been in a program with Swerve for quite some time that involved Nick Wayne and this goes back to previous matches that they've had they've been on battle royals together they've had matches in the past however it is a coffin match Match, and it is going to be a tag team coffin match so it's kind of a gimmick on top of a gimmick type match i was expecting to see darby allen versus ar fox because of their history their well-known history but this is going to be crazy over the top when you involve more people and also involve a stipulation like a coffin match so we're going to get darby and sting versus AR Fox and Swerve in a coffin match at the Wembley. The top of the hour, we had MJF and Adam Cole, and this was the best part of the show, and this wasn't even a match. This wasn't even something that was announced for the Wembley. This is a build-up for the match that was already scheduled before, and also a build-up for the tag team match at the zero hour. So first, they start off with another bromance video segment with Adam Cole and MJF. They go to Outback Steak. They're doing their goofy gimmick stuff they're having fun with it it was entertaining it was cute whatever you want to call it before they go to commercial break they show mjf and adam cole pulling up to the arena in a ferrari because what the fuck it's mjf he's the world champion he's the devil so of course he's gonna pull up in a ferrari because he's a fucking cool guy and then they go to commercial break they come back mjf and adam cole are in the ring and they're cutting promos adam cole is explaining what this match at the wembley means to him and mjf he does the same thing but mjf's story just blows adam cole's story out of the water and this promo gave me 
chills and i'm not exaggerating like this is how you build up a match especially for a big show at the wembley i could really believe that this match means a lot to both adam cole and mjf but the story that mjf told here really put me behind mjf and i want to see mjf win at the wembley and i'm sure everyone in that building wants to see mjf win at the wembley which is another reason why i believe adam cole is going to turn heel and that was even teased a little bit after this segment Aussie Open ended up attacking MJF and Adam Cole of course these are the opponents for both MJF and Adam Cole for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions at the zero hour MJF and Adam Cole clear the ring MJF turns his back and Adam Cole teases like he was going to attack MJF but before MJF can turn around and see that Adam Cole just pretends like nothing's happening and they hug it out and they walk away but man I can't wait to see this match between Adam Cole and MJF I can't wait to see what's going to happen next week. I'm still expecting to see a turn by Adam Cole, but either way, this is going to be great to see, and I can't wait for Adam Cole versus MJF. Chris Jericho, he's in the trainer's room after being attacked by Will Ospreay, and Chris Jericho, he tries to explain the reason for this match. This match was supposed to take place in 2021 in the Tokyo Dome in Japan, but then the pandemic happened. But this time, no worldwide pandemic is going to stop this match from happening. Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay at the Tokyo Dome. And that's it. But again, it's just very last minute. It's very random. If this was going to be the plan all along, why not bring Ospreay back and put him in a program with Chris Jericho instead of putting Don Callis in a program with Chris Jericho? There might have been some contract issues where maybe Will Ospreay had different bookings. I mean, this is going to be the biggest show in AEW history so far. I mean, you would want to put all your eggs in one basket. No, you would do everything you would to bring Osprey back on AEW TV at least for a month or two before the Wembley to build something, to have a program, to have a storyline with Jericho. Let's put Jericho in a promo battle versus Will Osprey, but instead we've been seeing Don Callis and Will Osprey every week teasing that Chris Jericho was going to join the Don Callis family or faction, whatever you want to call it. But it turns out that this whole entire thing was all about Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. So now we're expected to buy into this match and believe that Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho want to settle something in the ring and they have a score with one another and it's just blah so we have all these random last minute matches being announced and then we also had something called the texas chainsaw massacre death match which basically is a no disqualification match anything goes and the only way that you can win is by pinfall over on the other side in wwe we had tribal combat which basically means the same shit no dq match anything goes so let's just put random names for these no dq matches I mean, what's next? A House of Mirrors match, and let's just have a bunch of broken glass everywhere. I don't know, but you guys get the point. And this was a cinematic, House of Horrors, haunted house type goofy match. And I was even sarcastically thinking, like, when is Bray Wyatt going to come out under the ring? Jeff Hardy, a veteran in wrestling, versus Jeff Jarrett, another veteran in wrestling, in this match. And it was, hey, babe, now that you're here. Is there a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie coming out? 
Okay. And we pretty much had Halloween in August because there was blood all over the place, smoke under the ring. Jeff Jarrett ended up winning this match and they even gave him a new championship belt. And in the face of that belt was Michael Myers. So I don't know if this was supposed to be a joke or if they're ribbing Jeff Jarrett. This is a rib. This has to be a rib. So I don't know what that was about. I don't know what the point of that was, but that really happened in AEW. We had the bunny and Britt Baker and I want to like Britt Baker but it's hard to like her right now in this match at least she was trying I feel like she was trying a little bit more especially after all that criticism Britt Baker got after her last match versus Taya Valkyrie and this match was for a spot at the Wembley in the four-way women's match and of course Britt Baker was gonna win this match no matter what you want to say about Britt Baker she is still one of the top stars in AEW in that women's division and you can't have a pay-per-view as big as a Wembley without Britt Baker. So the match is set for that four-way. Soraya, Sheeta, Tony versus Britt Baker. Everyone versus everyone. And that's going to be an interesting match because Soraya and Tony, they're in a faction. Sheeta and Britt Baker, they're AEW originals. So it's looking like this four-way could potentially turn into a two-on-two. Sheeta is currently the champion. She's going to go in there to defend versus these three women and we'll see what happens the acclaim they're set to have a match and this was going to be versus some local guys so i was predicting a squash match but then the lights go out and the house of black show up in the ring and they attack the acclaim but no match was announced for the Wembley for these two groups, which is a good thing because this to me is another example of a rushed program or feud, whatever you want to call it, if they were to have a match at the Wembley, because not too long ago, these guys had a cold match for the trios championships and Billy Gunn, this was a match where Billy Gunn left his boots in the ring. So this is what this program is being built around. It's being built built around Billy Gunn and the possible retirement that happened not even two weeks ago. But now the House of Black is showing up and attacking the acclaimed randomly. So I'm glad that they're not having a match at the Wembley because it would have just been one of those rush things like Osprey and Jericho or the Stadium Stampede match or the Kenny Omega match and, you know, with Jay and Juice Robinson and, and okay, I know I'm starting to sound like an AEW hater right now but but let's be real in aw they do this a lot a lot of their feuds a lot of their programs they're just rushed all the time they just all right let's let's do this and then let's just be done with it and let's just move on with the next thing as opposed to wwe who really 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 milk their feuds and they really take their time sometimes they take way too fucking long they have programs for months and months and we, and we see a bunch of rematches over time and time and time again for example Trish and Becky Lynch that's been going on forever we thought that this was going to be over by SummerSlam but it's still going on so on one side you have really rushed really fast feuds that sometimes don't even make sense they have a feud for like two weeks and then they have a blow-off where it's like no DQ match buried alive ladder match and the craziest matches you can 
think of in a matter of days, sometimes weeks. And then on the other side, you have shit that lasts forever sometimes. So I think nowadays in the world that we live in, everything is just fast pace, fast pace. You know, we want it now. We want it now. And I think that's why a lot of people prefer AEW. But I'm kind of in the middle here because or maybe I'm just being picky because I don't like my feuds being rushed, but I don't like them taking too long either. I don't know. Maybe I'm just asking for too much. So we have the Bucks versus the Guns in the main event. And this is another jumpstart match. We had like three jumpstarts in this whole show, maybe even more if I'm not mistaken. And Excalibur, he tries to explain that this is payback for Juice and Jay jumping Kenny Omega earlier in the show. And of course, the Guns, they're affiliated with the Bullet Club Gold. So that's the uh, connection that Excalibur made for everyone that was confused as to why this is also a jumpstart like myself so thanks for that Excalibur but even with that it was still kind of like eye rolling moment for me and the guns they're really good Tony you should get them their 50 cent song that the guns want so much and stop being cheap because this is going to be your future tag team in AEW the guns they're just getting started and they're going to do big things in your company and I actually like this match the guns they worked well together they did some good double tag team moves on the Bucks, cutting the ring in half, and they made the Bucks look really good actually in this match, and they got the job done because that's what they had to do. The Bucks, they're going to go up against FTR at the Wembley, so they had to have a good match, and the Guns did just that for the Bucks. The Guns, they got some pretty good heat on the Bucks, and the Bucks got a hot tag, and this was a, a tag team match, and I really liked those, so I can't say too many bad things about it and of course the bucks they ended up winning as they should especially again before their big match at the Wembley versus FTR the tag team champions even though the bucks did have to cheat to win this match which was kind of goes against the babyface rules because they are babyfaces they were also the ones that initiated the jump start which is another heel move but I guess when you're the EVPs of the company you can do whatever the fuck you want and there's an afterbirth the bullet club gold come out and they get some heat on the bucks and then ftr comes out for the save the bucks and ftr they have a nice little standoff and this is another match that i'm actually looking forward to one of the announcers said this match is going to determine who's the best tag team in the world and i'm thinking come on we already know who the best tag team in the world is it's ftr i'm willing to entertain this just for the sake of seeing a good tag team match with FTR, but FTR, they have to win this match. They have to because they are the best tag team and they're going to prove it at the Wembley. Other than MJF and Adam Cole, their buildup and their segment in AEW, the main event, the tag team match wasn't that bad and we got to see FTR. If I were to rate this show of AEW Dynamite, I wouldn't rate it. I wouldn't give it any rating and I hate to say it. The matches at the Wembley, I'm maybe looking forward to two or three matches cm punk versus samoa joe ftr versus the bucks adam cole and mjf that's about it the rest of the matches i'm not too invested in I don't feel like the rest of these matches are must-see or something that I need to look forward to or something that I'm really anticipating, especially for a big show like the Wembley. How are you guys feeling about it? Let me know at Snug Wrestling. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk soon.